0: The last couple of weeks we've been in a series in the book of Acts chapter 7. We're looking at Stephen's message that he preached before the Sanhedrin. And the last couple of weeks he opened his message talking about as he was going through the history of Israel. He opened his message talking about Abraham. And then last week we looked at what he had to say about Joseph. And today we're we're talking about Moses. And I want you to think about this for a moment about what's happening in in this passage here. Stephen, who who is uh, one of the first deacons, he's also a great preacher which is why he's on trial, because he's having so much success in preaching. And he's before the Sanhedrin, which was the Jewish high court. And so these people that he's standing before are very familiar with the Old Testament scriptures. If we think about this moment today, they, in, in their time, everybody gathered on the Sabbath in the synagogue. And every day in the synagogue, there was a passage read from the law, which is the first five books of the Bible. And then there would be a passage read from the prophets. And then there would be a message that would explain the relationship between these two passages. And so there would typically be multiple messages on a Sabbath. Then there would be time for question and answer. And so, so they were there for hours every Saturday. I know you guys think you got it rough whenever you are a few minutes late to Cracker Barrel. But, I mean, we got it pretty easy compared to the first century synagogue. So they were there for a long time. They're, there, they're very familiar with the Old Testament scriptures. So Stephen telling the Sanhedrin about Abraham and Joseph and Moses, I mean it's kind of like going for a group of Harvard law professors and trying to tell them a little bit of something about how constitutional law works. You're, you're speaking to the experts. And so we've got to understand that Stephen's purpose was not to inform them about who Moses or Joseph or, in today's passage, Moses, who they are it's not it's not his point but he's making a case and so we look at the things that he includes the things that he doesn't include we look at how he presents it and we we understand what his point is and what stephen is pointing out to them is that there's a history in the nation of israel there's a pattern there's something that keeps happening over and over again and that is god raises up a leader and people reject that leader it was the same way with joseph God raised up Joseph, and his brothers rejected him. But despite his brother's rejection, God, he's not dependent upon us cooperating with him. And so he goes on to elevate Joseph to second in command of all of Egypt. And and even though his brothers despise him and and can't even speak peacefully to him, as the Bible says, he still saves them. And so it is with, with Moses. Moses would become despised. He was rejected by his own people, rejected by Egypt. And yet God still elevated him and God still used him to deliver the nation of Israel out of slavery and out of bondage and to lead them up to the promised land. And so it was with Jesus. God sent his son to redeem Israel and everyone else who would believe and trust in him. But people didn't understand and people did not believe and so they rejected him. But he came to deliver we've been talking about this sermon uh, joseph is, or, or stephen is talking about joseph he's talked about abraham so far and now moses but his sermon is not about any of those people it's all about jesus all those people help us understand who jesus was and what he did you know i am uh, a lifelong learner <laughs> people make fun of me for that all the time and that's okay there's got to be some stupid people in the world they don't know how to read but I just said that to wake some of y'all up because you guys are so asleep. It's a very unusual crowd. Is it the snow? What is it? I have four people's attention this morning, I think. Yeah. I'm I just i I'm a lifelong learner. I, I really love to learn and uh, I really enjoy reading. And You know, one of the amazing things that I, I discover is the more I learn, the more I realize how ignorant I am. I don't know if you've ever learned and experienced that before, but I just realized there's so much out there. and uh, When I think about God... One of the things about this passage is he is trying his best to help us understand and learn who he is and what he's doing. And, and the moment that you think that you really got him all figured out, um, you realize that he's doing something much bigger. He's doing something much greater. I had a, uh, a senior adult come to me about three weeks ago, devout believer, faithful, diligent student of the word. And they, and they said, uh, Pastor, I just saw something. And, and is this true? And I said, yeah. I said, it is. And he said, well, I thought I had this all figured out. And now I realize that I really, there's so much I don't understand about all this works. So I was like, yeah. The Bible's like an ocean, isn't it? The, the more you discover, the more there is there. And you know, if we seek God, we'll, we'll find him. We'll discover him. You see, the reason that Stephen tells us about Abraham and Joseph and Moses It's because he wants us to understand how God is working in the world. God wants you to understand what he wants to do with your life. And see, the question for us is are we going to be like the Sanhedrin and reject Jesus? Or will we be like Stephen and be faithful and devout followers of him? Acts chapter 7, beginning in verse 15 or 17, excuse me, is where we'll be at. Would you just join me in standing as we read this together? Acts chapter 7. Beginning in verse 17, here's what it says. But as the time of the promise drew near, which God had granted to Abraham, the people increased and multiplied in Egypt, until there arose over Egypt another king who did not know Joseph. He dealt shrewdly with our race and forced our fathers to expose their infants so that they would not be kept alive. At this time Moses was born, and he was beautiful in God's sight. And he was brought up for three months in his father's house. And when he was exposed, Pharaoh's daughter adopted him and brought him up as her own son. And Moses was instructed in all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and he was mighty in his words and deeds. When he was 40 years old, it came to his heart to visit his brothers, the children of Israel. And seeing one of them being wronged, he defended the oppressed man and avenged him by striking down the Egyptian. He supposed that his brothers would understand and became an exile in the land of Midian where he became the father of two sons. Now when 40 years had passed an angel appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai in a flame of fire in a bush. When Moses saw it he was amazed at the sight and he drew near to look and there came the voice of the Lord. I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham and Isaac and of Jacob. And Moses trembled and did not dare to look then the Lord said to him, Take off the sandals from your feet, for the place where you're standing is holy ground. I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their groaning, and I've come down to deliver them. And now come, I will send you to Egypt. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you that you send deliverers, and Lord, I thank you that you sent your Son, Jesus Christ, to deliver us. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to understand Stephen's message today. I pray that it would pierce our heart, just like it stirred those that heard it when he first preached it. For it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Do you know that often despised people are beautiful in God's sight? We see this pattern throughout Scripture. So it was with Moses. If you think about who Moses was as he was born, he was born a slave. And one of the things that we see is it describes the circumstances of why God sent Moses is that people have always needed to be delivered. And so in verses 17 through 19 that we just read, it talks about how that after Joseph's time, uh, they grew into a great nation, and another king arose, that is another pharaoh, who didn't know Joseph, and so they subjected them into slavery. The Bible says in Exodus twelve forty it tells us a little bit about the time frame here. It says the time that the people of Israel lived in Egypt was 430 years. So we're reading along through Stephen's message and we've talked about Joseph and now he's talking about Moses and we need to understand that between these two people there's about 400 years of time frame. And so from Joseph's time when it was his father and his 11 brothers to Moses' day they've grown into a great nation. And so during this time, as they've grown into a great nation, they become so prosperous that now Pharaoh is afraid of them. He's worried that there might be a revolt. If, if he's attacked, they might join his enemies and, and uh, turn against him. And so the Israelites have become really just a, a thorn in his flesh and, and something that he believes that he needs to deal with. So the way that he deals with them is he subjects them to slavery. And he puts them under taskmasters. The Bible describes this in uh, Exodus 1, verses 8 through 14. It says, Now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And he said to his people, Behold, the people of Israel are too many and too mighty for us. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply. And if war breaks out, they join our enemies and fight against us and escape from the land. Therefore they set taskmasters over them, slaves. So this is the life that Moses was born into. It's a life of poverty. It's a life of bondage. It's a life of oppression. It's a life with no future. And this is how the nation of Israel was living during Moses' day in Egypt. They were living in slavery. I think it's hard for a lot of us to really comprehend slavery. If we think about the situation that we live in today in which we are so free and so prosperous and we have so many opportunities in this country, I mean, uh, you can pursue whatever career you want to pursue, uh, you can marry who you want to marry, you can move to whatever state you want to move to and just live there, we're, we're free to, to do whatever we want to do. And people around the world don't, don't all share this freedom. There's places in the world where there's tremendous oppression for government and there's uh, tremendous oppression from from poverty and disease, and there's just so many things that we take for granted that other people don't have. Uh, we, we were in Thailand last fall, and uh, a few weeks ago I was reading in the, the, I believe it was the Miss Universe pageant, the person from Thailand, her dress was selected and designed by the, uh, the prince's wife. Well, there's a, a YouTuber who apparently is a little local celebrity in Thailand, and this YouTuber made a comment that the dress was ugly. Well, do you know what the punishment for that is in Thailand? It's life in prison. That's what the punishment is for that. You, you don't speak anything against the royal family. Could you imagine living like that? I mean, uh, if we said anything about Donald Trump, just anything negative, we'd, we'd go to prison. Uh, that's that's the way many people live in the world today. And so we live here with so much freedom it's hard for us to comprehend a time like this when people were in absolute slavery and also it makes us self-reliant and arrogant and we don't understand the need that we have but you and I we may not be financially oppressed we may not be in bondage from the government we may not be owned like property by another person but we're in slavery nonetheless the Bible talks about the slavery of sin and that's what Jesus came to set us free from. Listen to what Jesus said in John chapter 8 verses 31 through 36. It says, so Jesus came, said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And they answered him, we are offspring of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone How is it that you say you will become free? Listen to what Jesus explains to these people. People that in many ways were like us. They're prosperous. They're religious. Here's what he said to them. Truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. God raised up Moses to lead the nation of Israel out of slavery in Egypt and God sent his Son to deliver us from the slavery of sin so that we no longer have to practice sin but we can learn what repentance means and we can change our life and be set free by the Son. You see it was from humble origins that God raised up a persecuted Moses to lead the nation of Israel. Think about this. When the time that Moses was born, he was born a slave to the parents of slave At a time, whenever the decree went out, that, that all the babies were to be annihilated. And this is the circumstances into which Moses was born. And the Bible says in verse 20, at this time Moses was born, and, and listen to this passage, and he was beautiful in God's sight. He was beautiful in God's sight. Many times, people that are rejected by the world are beautiful to God. So it was with Moses. This is not the only passage in the Bible that speaks about Moses and his, his value before God and God's plan for him. In fact, the Bible says that when Moses' parents saw him, they saw that he was a good child. They recognized that God was going to do something through him. The book of Hebrews speaks about that Moses as a child was different, that he was a good child. And the Bible says here that he was beautiful in God's sight. It doesn't mean that he was a pretty baby. That's not what it means. He may have been a gorgeous baby. I don't know. But that's not what it means. It means that God looked at Moses, this baby that Pharaoh rejected, and he was beautiful in his sight. Because you see, God knew what he was going to do with Moses. He knew the plans that he had for him the plans to prosper him the plans to make him to a great leader and the plans to use him to deliver his people you see pharaoh rejected moses as a worthless slave but god saw him as beautiful jesus think about this jesus was also from humble origins at least earthly origins he was born to a nobody from nowhere and laid in a manger And yet angels rejoiced at his birth. Other than those to whom the angels had revealed the significance of Jesus, Jesus was not extraordinary to anyone. But God knew who he was. And God knew what he would do with him. Isaiah 53.3, the prophet Isaiah prophesied about the Messiah coming. And listen, he described it. He was despised and rejected by men a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. So it was with Moses, so it was with Jesus. But listen to what the Bible says about God's view of Jesus. At his baptism, Matthew three seventeen tells us this. And behold, a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved son, with whom? I am well pleased. The Bible says about Moses that he was, he was just, another, just another Hebrew slave, just a nuisance to Pharaoh, but he was beautiful in God's sight. You know, one of the things that I've discovered as I study and read through the Bible, God looks at people so much different than you and I do. Oftentimes we look at people and we just look at what's in front of us. We see what they look like we see what they wear we see what they've accomplished we see what they have and so oftentimes we look at people for what they are but if you look at scripture you'll constantly see God looking at people for not not for what they are but for what they can become God looked at Moses and he was just a another slave baby to Pharaoh but he was beautiful in God's sight and when Jesus came they didn't understand the significance only those two and the angels appeared and reported who he was. They went to seek him and, and to worship him. And the magi went following the star. But, but everyone else, it was just just another baby born to the poor carpenter up in a village in the middle of nowhere in this little place called Nazareth. But God knew what he was going to do with his life. God knew that that was his son that he had sent to deliver us. Moses was persecuted as a baby. His Pharaoh ordered all the babies to be thrown into the Nile and exposed. In the same way Herod, Herod tried to do the same thing to Jesus. Matthew chapter 2 verse 13 tells us, it says, Now when they had departed, and this is talking about the wise men, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Well, there's several themes throughout Stephen's message, and one of them is that God works often in unexpected ways. And so it was with Moses. Moses, the Bible tells us in verse 22, it says, that Moses was instructed in all the wisdom of the Egyptians, and he was mighty in his words and deeds. This passage here that Moses was instructed is because Pharaoh's daughter went out, and she she heard the crying, and she saw the basket, and, and she opened it up, and she said, Well, this must be one of the Hebrew babies. And she had compassion, and she took... Moses home and she raised him like her like her own and so because of that Moses was was educated by the Egyptians and that day the Egyptians were world power they were intelligent people civilized they discovered many things they understood math they understood science and Moses was raised in all these things you know it's it's, uh, it's amazing to me what it says here about Moses it says and he was mighty and his words and deeds he was mighty in his words and deeds you know why because he was highly educated and trained by the Egyptians how to speak and the irony of that is when God appeared to him in the burning bush, he said I want you to go to Pharaoh what did he say I'm not a good speaker why don't you send my brother Aaron well he was a good speaker according to the Bible in fact it says he was mighty in his words and deeds because God outside of the nation of Israel had placed him under the care of Pharaoh and Pharaoh didn't realize that he was educating the man that would one day rise up against him and lead the nation of Israel out. Moses was was used by God and he was used in an extraordinary way. Well one of the things that we also see is that people often do not understand how God is working to save them. That was the case with Moses Moses was misunderstood. It says in verse 25, he supposed that his brothers would understand that God was giving them salvation by his hand, but they did not understand. Moses supposed they would understand, but they did not understand. Jesus was misunderstood also. In John 8, 43, he was speaking to the religious leaders, and he said, Why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. Jesus told him, it's not that you're not able to understand. You don't want to understand. It's not that you don't hear what I'm saying. You don't like what I'm saying. He says, that's why you can't understand what I'm doing. The same can be true of us if we're not careful. We need to seek to, to understand what God is doing and to follow him. And not, not do our own thing and ask God to follow us, but to figure out what God is doing and to follow him and understand how God is working. You see, because Moses was misunderstood, he was, he was rejected. You remember what happened as he came the next day and found some of his brothers fighting. Uh, Acts chapter 7, verse 26, this is what it says. And on the following day, he appeared to them as they were quarreling and tried to reconcile them, saying, Men, you're brothers. Why do you wrong each other? But the man who was wronging his neighbor thrust him aside, saying, Who made you a ruler and a judge over us? Do you want to kill me as you killed the egyptian yesterday at this retort, moses fled and became an exile in the land of midian where he became the father of two sons you see because they didn't understand them they rejected him the irony of the one man's statement who made you ruler and judge over us the irony is that god made him ruler and judge over them god raised up moses to be their deliverer and god raised up jesus his son the messiah but he was rejected and condemned as well acts 13 27 tells us for those who live in jerusalem and their rulers because they did not recognize him nor understand the utterances of the prophets which are read every sabbath fulfilled them by condemning him you see this is this is how god works god sins deliverers. sometimes people believe and, follow, and sometimes they reject God's work, but God sends deliverers because you and I need to be delivered. But it's always it's God who does the delivering. People may be his instruments, but it is God who delivers. So look at verses 30 through 32, what would happen with Moses as he's out in the wilderness. It says, Now in 40 years had passed, an angel appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai in a flame of fire in a bush. When Moses saw it, He was amazed at the sight, and he drew near to look, and there came the voice of the Lord. The the Lord spoke to him. Do you hear what it said? The Lord spoke to him, and it says, I am the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, and Moses trembled and did not dare to look. It was God that raised up Moses and sent him to deliver the nation of Israel. And it was God that sent his son to bring about our deliverance from sin. You see, it's because God loves us that he does this. It's out of compassion that he responds to our need. Listen to what God would say to Moses. Then the Lord said to him, take off your sandals from your feet. For the place you are standing is holy ground. I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt. And have heard their groanings and have come down to deliver them. And now, come, I will send you to Egypt. God said he saw, and he understood, and so he was responding. In the same way God saw, and he knew everything that you and I would ever do, and he knew the need that we would have to be forgiven, and so therefore he sent his son to die for us. Romans 5 8 says, but God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners... Christ died for us. and our deliverance, 1 Thessalonians 1.10 speaks about this. It says, to wait for his son from heaven whom he raised from the dead. Listen to this. Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. Well, Stephen had a lot to say about Moses. But his point is not about Moses. It's not about ancient Israel. All of that's to help us understand what Jesus is doing. It's to help us understand that you and I need to be delivered. Every single one of us, we're in the same, same condition. We, we, we all have sinned against God. And God is loving and gracious and compassionate. But he is also just. And because God is a just God, he can't let sin just go unpunished. So he found a way for sin to be dealt with and us as sinners to be set free. By sending his son to die in our place. And that's why the Bible says Jesus who delivers us from the wrath to come. Because you see, if we reject God's deliverer, we will not be able to deliver ourselves. But God sent his son so that we might be saved. But it's up to us whether we'll believe him whether we'll accept him and whether we'll follow him let's pray together father i thank you that you love us beyond our understanding and lord i pray that you'd help us to know you to understand what you want to do in our life and to seek you faithfully Father, I pray if there's any person here that's never come to the understanding of what it means to trust in Jesus and be saved. I pray that today, before this service ends, that they would call out to you in prayer and be saved. For it's in your Son's name that we pray. Amen. Before we close today, I want to give you the opportunity to respond to the Lord. You know God speaks to us in many different ways. God speaks to us through His Word. God speaks to us through the movement of the Holy Spirit stirring inside of us. God speaks to us through other godly people and believers. God speaks to us in many ways. But He leaves leaves it up to us whether we'll respond to Him or not. And I want you to understand something today. When Jesus came, He came for you. That's why He came and He died. So that you could be forgiven. But you have to receive the gift that he offers. You have to decide that you're going to believe and trust in him. You have to ask for forgiveness. This morning, if you were to do that, your life for all eternity could be different. You see, God's done everything that's required to make this possible. And he offers it to you as a free gift. And He invites you to receive it. So if you've never done that, right now what we sing, why don't you just pray and talk to the Lord. You can be saved right there in your pew. There's nothing special about the front of the church. Or if you need somebody to pray with you or answer questions, that's why I'm standing here at the end of the service. For those of you here today that are believers, and I know that most of us here today are believers I look across this room and I know the testimony of of most of the people here. God still speaks to us and God is still doing a work in our lives. And He has something He wants to do with us. And so God is speaking to you about some sin that you just have not repented of yet. Give that to Him. Ask Him to give you the power to overcome it. If God is calling you to do something and you just not surrendered yet. Being willing to do what God has called you to do. There's never going to be a better time than this morning to say, Lord, whatever you want me to do, I'm yours. So whatever decision that you need to make, I want to invite you to make it right now as we stand and sing together.